0: Welcome to episode one of the Amp Studio podcast. My name is Craig Sheridan. I'm the Senior Engineer and Music Technology Trainer at AmpStudio.com. I'm also the Skills Support Coach for GivingHandsMusic.com. I'm with Sean McDonald, Songwriter and Music Producer for Search Party and Station Manager at RadioYNP.com. Before the world changed, we engineered the recording and mixing sessions at Amp Studio and now we're removed from the studio space, but we've moved the recording to financials to our homes. So this podcast is for us music heads to catch up, share technique, Exchange mixing tips, creative strategies, plugins, workflow and all manner of tangents that entertain us and interest us to do with music production. This is the AM Studio Podcast. Lovely. What is that, Mike?
1: Uh it's a Shure SM7B.
0: Oh, lovely. Yes. Um, specifically for the the radio, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we ordered this a few years ago, just for the purpose of the radio. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic, Mike. Really good broadcast microphone. Like,
0: I'm um still in a long term relationship with my uh, SM57 that has been at every DJ gig with me since. I don't know, maybe ten years, twelve years.
1: Yeah, I, I, I gave my fifty a wee makeover the other day. Right. Um, I ordered a new a new grill for it. People oh, see that? Like just faulty. the rest of it's battered. <laughs> yes. but um, you want to see you want to see the old grill? Like it is beat
0: to death. So uh, um, mine mine has a very uh, affectionate little dent in there. I like to think I see like a grown grown pins like scars. Um, <laughs> I also like to tell people that it's from having to defend myself at one point, but it's right really not. Um so how how are you getting on anyway?
1: Good, yeah. Um life's been ground in lockdown. I haven't got too many complaints. Um obviously adjusting the life and coming up with a new work schedule yep. is strange mm-hmm. and it's a, a, a completely different environment. Um and a different mainframe to get into, but few weeks in and I think that I've sort of got the hang of things and I'm happy enough with the way I'm managing. What about you?
0: It's funny because I was having this conversation with Elaine this morning too. We've got we've, we've come out the back end of being frustrated and angry and lost and panicked and now we're kind of settling into, well, okay, we can still get every, all these sciences that we need and we've found ways of, of working that makes things seem a bit more normal. At least we can do stuff and we're still out walking and um, it's becoming normal, should it, I might even venture to say. Um, So it it was tough at the start, mind you. It was hard going, um, getting in touch with each other and trying to keep up with the responsibilities. But once you kind of surrender to the circumstance and realise that you can't be as productive as you once were and find new ways of working, then things completely change.
1: Yeah. And what do you think um, was, you know, maybe the toughest thing to just do?
0: Getting in each other's way. So Elaine and I were used to being separate during the day she'd go to her workplace I'd go to my workplace and we'd do our work and then we'd come home and we'd discuss the frustrations and triumphs of our day and then we'd get on with being in a relationship again but now we'd get up and then we'd sure check her and then we'd share an office space and we'd jump back and forth between um, how to work and where we could work and the times that that Beth needed to sleep and the times that we needed to go out for walks and just getting all that from scratch essentially, just having, and there was no way. There was no option for support. There was no daycare option, and we couldn't go in as a family. So everything was always on pressure. But after about two or three mm-hmm. weeks of getting really frustrated with that, we kind of found a rhythm, and 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 now things are much better. Um, what about you? Um yeah. I I was obviously you're having to run the whole youth radio that, that show from that room you're in.
1: Yeah, and it can feel like a really small room one week and I can feel like, you know, a massive studio the next. Um, I think that's the key of all this is understanding that things are going to be a flux, Mm -hmm. you know, um, a couple of weeks ago I felt on top of the world in terms of the way things are going. Um, our listeners have been fantastic continuously and we've been getting very good listenership and, our young people are becoming very engaged, I think because of the momentum mm-hmm. and everything's very apparent and very visual to all the young people at the moment because everyone has so much more time to post, to create right. and to produce better content. Maybe mm-hmm. not better quality because we haven't got the luxury of the studio at the minute, but you know, better content in the sense of more engaging and mm-hmm. um, they're, they're sort of all honing their craft a bit better. So that momentum is getting young people really involved in the station which is amazing and has yeah. really kept me on a on a you know on a high for a lot of weeks but um a few weeks ago there you know I felt a big dip and just um I would have regular check-ins with the rest of the team mm-hmm. you know sort of sort of rank how we're feeling just is make sure everybody's all staying good and stuff and yeah. you know I was always ranking quite high and saying I'm feeling great each week but few weeks ago there, I just sort of dipped for no reason, you know, mm-hmm. listening is still going well. I was still achieving a lot each week, but just for no apparent reason, just started having a different mood mm-hmm. and feeling a bit uh worse off. And I think that's, I think it's just understanding that that's going to happen and it's not going to be for any particular reason. It's just, yeah. we're in a weird situation <laughs> yes. and uh, every day is going to feel the same and you know, so just uh coming to terms with that and uh, knowing that you're gonna come out of the end of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, feeling better as well yep. in a few days' time.
0: Uh one of the, the biggest breakthroughs I suppose for me was these kind of scenarios where you can reach out to people, um and where you can kinda of contact other people and, and, and talk. And I suppose, um obviously I have to take Beth out for a walk every day. So um I'm doing like a circuit in the morning with her, and during that time, she maybe falls asleep after 10 or 15 minutes for a morning nap, and that gives me the opportunity, well, I'll go hands-free and I can I can talk to people. So I've actually got probably more actual conversations from people who are being at home, from um, people that I wanted to talk to, than I did before, because everyone's often so busy anyway that you get a quick check-in and then you're away again. I've Been having like 20 minutes mm-hmm. and a half hour. I actually had an hour long phone call the other day to your friend, um, and just having a kind of a similar chat to this where we're just discussing, well, what are we doing and what are you doing in lockdown and how are you getting on with it and what are you planning to do? And there's a few interesting things come out the back of that conversation. So I suppose that the, the current scenario has, um, maybe made me approach, well, what am I trying to achieve from constantly being that busy when we're not in lockdown? And yeah. is it, you know, is it of benefit to be that busy or is it, you know, slowing down and being focused, maybe a bit more practical? but I suppose I have the luxury of 10 to get that now. Um, That's it. We have a big list of questions, stuff to talk through. Um, Let me find those big list of questions. Um, So let's see. Uh, Okay. So um, one of the things we would like to start doing uh, as a podcast, as this goes out, so the the video will go out, um, the audio will go out, um, and we'll upload it to all the, the, the podcast stations. And of course, to youthradio.net. But we'd like to try and engage the people who are engaged in the content as much as possible. So uh, if you have any questions or if anything you want to know, or any questions you want to ask Sean or I about how we do anything particular or any of the training in Amstudio, you can, of course, email Craig at Amstudio.com or check us out on the the Facebook page, which is Facebook forward slash Amstudio. Facebook.com forward slash Amstudio, of course. Um, So, one of the things that I I suppose has come to mind is about uh, how we're moving what we do training center-wise online, and one of the first things we're starting to do, obviously, is um, make it available for people to submit stems and tracks for us to mix, um, either remotely or at a distance, Um, and to do that, though, I suppose it's a good idea to try and give people some ideas about how to be creative or how to be productive during the lockdown scenario. So this. First podcast is is going to be about what 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 we're doing to stay creative and, and what we're doing from home. Um. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what have you been doing? Because uh, just to give Sean a bit of background about Sean, uh, Sean is of course the the songwriter and music producer and recorded engineer. and mixing engineer for Search Party. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're a bus driver. And oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> so, I'm Rudy, No, but no, no, yeah,
1: so keep <laughs> myself um, busy.
0: So, uh, the whole idea with that is uh, as a creative person, one of the things that I'd seen the other day was the search party video that you posted with the, each of the, the band members. were all playing interactively from each other's stream. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you were able to do that acoustic cover, which I thought was a fantastic idea. Um, obviously, ideas like that um, are very handy when there's a band involved in that. Uh, But what made you think of the idea of doing that or releasing it now? Was it something that you'd done specifically for lockdown scenarios or what was the idea there?
1: I think uh, it initially arose from uh, the sort of inability for us to jam together on a weekly basis. That's like, you know, that's like our football training. You know, now I I used to be a big sporty person when I was growing up and I was always accustomed to going to football training on a Sunday or uh, going to boxing on Tuesday night or something like that. And yep. you know, those wee things are stress relievers when you're mm-hmm. young and uh, let you sort of get your mind off school and whatever um, for that wee period of time during the week. And um, when I started getting into music, you know, going to band practice once a week was that thing for me. Yep. Uh was uh, getting a chance to get my mind off things and just play a bit of music. Um, or just sometimes you would go for a free hour rehearsal and you you barely play anything. You just sit and talk about things. But it is really good just to have that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that, you know, since, um, you know, constantly, you know, each week and um, most weeks for, since it was about, you know, 13, 14. So that sudden brick wall of we don't have, you know, a chance to get together. Every week now and, and practice, um, was really shocking, um, for all all four of us yeah. because you know we've we've been together just us even for six years, mm-hmm. so that was a big change. Um, so we wanted to try and find ways that we could still collaborate, still keep you know the motors turning, stay creative, as you said, during a lockdown period. And the first thing I thought of was like I had a load of, um, we interfaces, you know from over the years lying about the house um, and we audio recorders so um, I was like maybe we could uh, I could hand them out the usings you know and uh, we could all sort of remotely record of our new tracks and stuff and um, or maybe we could set up like a uh, a Zoom call and we can we can try and jam and I we well, tried that it didn't work it yeah. was atrocious but it was good fun anyway <laughs> the latency was just ridiculous yeah um, we trying
0: to do a, a DJ set night where he would play a track and then I would play a track into it back and forward <laughs> no uh,
1: it's just that it's too much there, there is a few things that we're still tr- uh, thinking of trying a few really low latency ones um online there's there's a few options. Uh, that offer that and we're we're thinking of giving that a go. But our first attempt was atrocious. So we says right maybe try this recording thing. Um and then Paddy actually came up with the idea. He says, you know, everybody's doing these live videos of them playing their songs acoustic um or you know, like they're doing live streams on Facebook mm-hmm. and that. And he says we could try and do that but the full band, you know, and that could be a tester for us to do this sort of remote recording thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really where it started as I just said Sean if you could do a sort of guide track for um, the rest of us to go on to and, um, and we just says, I'm recorded as well so as you know, maybe we'll have something to put out afterwards and when we started to do it um, just coincidentally we got uh, approached by uh, a girl called Kat from uh, the band No Matter who's putting together a compilation uh, album for Charity uh, called N.I. Unplugged. Okay. Yeah. And it's, they reach out, the musicians who are doing similar projects to that, um, at the minute, and they try and put all these home recorded acoustic um, songs of people's own recordings, and yeah. then their own songs, uh, together in the compilation CD, to raise money for, um, help musicians, who are, okay. as, you know, giving money to struggling musicians at the mm-hmm. moment. Um so that, was, that just happened really coincidentally for us. So it gave us an extra push to actually make it something proper than just the test yes. of our equipment. Um, so that's why we've done that. And then it says, oh, and those videos that we're doing, we can put those together and that can be a wee promo for the CD and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think we'll let it get a wee bit too complicated there was a lot of heated <laughs> debates over... Yeah. Um, H- how much branding we should be shown in the background and, um, and then the different cuts of the shots. And I was like, this was meant to be a test yeah. <laughs> of equipment, you know? So, yeah. it, but it was really fun anyway to make, and it gave us a chance to sort of fill that void. It's been something that we've, we've been working together more than once a week now. We've been every day, sending each oh, other yeah. stuff back and yeah. forward now mm-hmm. and saying, this is what I've added to the track, or this is, um, here's what I've done to the video. And we're having discussions on it. It's not always pleasant discussions, but it's, you know, collaboration well, nonetheless.
0: Yeah, um, that's it. I when At the start of lockdown, um, I, w- I was involved in, in a new collab. Um, and it was funny because when you're writing stuff independently for yourself, you you write stuff and you call kind of, you get busy one minute and then you kind of get bored of it or you do something else, or you change that. Or you just try and keep things interesting for yourself. But when you're working on a collab partnership, you have a very clear objective there. Um and uh-huh. so, the guy approached me about wanting to work together. And in the space of about five days, I had four songs that, that I could send to him. Um, and it was just it was that yeah. quick because we discussed uh, for about an hour what kind of direction we're going in, what kind of influence it was. What it want to do. Um, and with that brief, I was able to go and knock out a few versions and send them all to him and expecting him maybe to choose one of the four so we can move forward with it turned out that he, he liked them all and he wants to use them all um, and then off the back of that then there's been a few other co that have been involved into where we've maybe done something like this and then we've been able to work within the workstation um, and I've been able to do some stuff they've been able to hear they've been able to see my, my desktop and we've been able to work together so it's been a very um, challenging for a few weeks but now that we're more used to how this scenario works it's it's really quite productive I'm quite pleased with it actually um yeah. one of the things that I was actually gonna um ask you about later on was was about the collab thing, about reaching out, but you've kind of already answered that for me. Um so yeah. uh, is there anything that you've made a complete disaster of or anything that you've overcome that you're expecting proud of during this lockdown time?
1: Um I think the biggest thing for me is um committing to something very early. Uh and uh like for example you know we'll take that video that we put out there the other day as an example you know i sent over that um it, it was challenging to say you know i'm going to play this all in one take
0: mm-hmm.
1: um using this recording
0: yeah
1: um you and you have to commit to that because of yes. the video as well because that's not going to sync up then yeah. um And, you know, it ruins the whole illusion of it being, you know, like a live video. Yeah. So, um, I found when I started then doing some light mixing of the whole track when I got everybody's parts in that I was listening to the acoustic and realized that I got way too much string noise in the recording. Mm -hmm. So there was this, I wasn't hearing it in my, um, I was recording it with headphones on and I wasn't hearing this frequency of like just a dan, dan, dan of like every time I hit this certain part of the, uh, this certain chord, it was just ringing out so much. Um, So that um, was really aggravating me. And I tried EQing it out. I tried everything, tried so many multiple ways of trying to fix it. And it just was sounding atrocious. Right. Um, And I was going, what do you do? Do I re-record a guitar? um like and it it's, it is what i ended up doing now you'll see in the video like it you know it's it is a bit off but i've tried to really replicate the performance right um but that took so many takes you know to try and make sure that it it synced up but it, it it was just more work because it didn't um i i committed to it too early if you know what i mean right. and i i didn't um look over and listen to the track mm-hmm. uh too much before sending it off. I should have I think I was just really wanting to get it over with. I yes. think I was a bit nervous actually as well because having the camera in front of me while doing the take. So it was like yeah, I just want this done. It's not <laughs> something I was used to. But because of that, then that led to the guitar thing and um, yes. taking another couple of hours to make sure that was a really spot on Performance of of a performance that wasn't even all that ac- accurate or like right. you know, musical in the first place. I had to try and replicate a sort of subpar, like <laughs> to keep it, <laughs> you know. So that wasn't on. That's that's one thing that I, I've messed up is you know not
0: taking the time really. Right, but at the same time, um, some of these things and the, the reason why I'm asking you this is because I think the the whole point in the section of the talk is um, how do you make the best of of maybe not doing stuff great the first time? Um, Uh And like you, I had a a challenging scenario. I was doing a a hybrid DJ set with uh, my controllers and uh, a very beautiful box here machine. um, And normally I would write with that and I would sequence with that and I would be able to use that as a controller. And the idea was I would play the machine software in sync with the controller software, the tractor. And both of these things play together um, and I would be able to add in additional synths and be able to add in additional sounds and samples and that. Um, so doing it, um, the day I had planned the schedule to do it, Beth to said at quarter past five that morning, I'm ready to start the day. So we were up from early, early, early. And the only chance I had had to do this was maybe seven o'clock at night. I had to do it through headphones. So when I did it on the first take. First take was brilliant. <laughs> I was loving life. Yeah. But of course, I didn't record that. I was just practicing. When I actually recorded the first one, it was like the energy was dropped low and I was tired and I wasn't focused and I couldn't get the machine to sync up. And I had to get up early the next day and do it again. Um, because all these things are trial and error, especially when you're maybe doing something such as your comfort zone for the first time and especially when it's mm-hmm. being recorded and you know it's going to be broadcast. not like this. Um, so when I recorded it the next day, anyway, things were uh, the the sunshine was out, my energy level was up. It didn't seem as stressful. Um, I still wasn't necessarily happy with how the 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 timing worked between the sequencer on that and how the timing worked on the DJ software. And there was no opportunity to nudge yeah. that. You know the way on the like the CDJ, you can push it forward or back to line it up again. So I had to kind of work this out as I was doing it. Um, but. In the end, it was one of them things where it's a live set and you have to let it go because I didn't have any other time to redo it. Um, And it already kind of spent my enthusiasm in doing it from those early takes. And even though the mix that went out was maybe not as perfect as it could have been, it was enough to evidence what I had done and it would certainly change how I would do it next time. So it was a win in itself just to have done it, if that makes sense. But there's always that nervousness of, it isn't going to be perfect and I'm letting it go out isn't that going to kind of damage my reputation 9 times out of 10 it's more important to get it out and then do it than worry yeah. about not putting it out Um and I find that it's the same about music too and about, about tracks as well Um I was talking to Bobby Analogue yesterday he was the I was on the phone too for a yeah. while um, and we were having a chat about um I had missed the band camp thing um, because I have as well as, as the DJ thing I have a, a kind of ambient hip hop weird thing um, headphones <laughs> and hoons that I was going to put out um, but I kind of got a bit kind of lost direction with it lost a, kinda, a bit of the plot of where I was going we were planning to move house then lockdown happened and all these other things get in the way and um, I didn't get the tracks finished in time and Bobby has pointed out to me that camp are doing that waving of their fees for every Friday yeah. for the next two months too maybe three months actually um, so just off the back of that I was thinking well you know there's an accountable deadline now you know I can get I can get two EPs finished in that time That's, I mean the songs are written it's just a matter of finishing them and mastering them so um, whether I master them or not is neither here nor there but they can get finished and get released on that date so there's a lot of even just coming from them conversations there's a lot of stuff that um, kind of sets you up and gives you a new thing to, 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 to focus on a new target to move towards to just keep the momentum going so I uh, um. I've overcome the nerves of doing that um, and it wasn't quite the disaster that I feared it might have been. Um, so that was a win and that was for, of course for the DJ um, the page which is raising money for the NATS. Um, so yeah. um, that was a, a very worthwhile project and of course you have to in the internet you really? have to think well it, it's bigger than me it's not necessarily my ego which they hear I'm contributing to something bigger. Um,
1: yeah. But the, uh, the I, I think Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to
0: say, they met the people who came together, they met the people who put effort in and learned how to stream and learned how to video stream and had constructed sets. And that was six weeks those guys organized those streams for and it was absolutely outstanding. I was just going to give them some credit. So big shout out to um Woody and Alan and Anto and all of the fellows who are involved in, in making that happen.
1: Big Tim, yeah. It's projects that that you know that show how tight-knit the sort of music community is here really and how willing everyone is even though musicians are probably one of the you know the sectors that have been hit the hardest you know by losing out on Mm -hmm. performances and stuff like that and um but they're still willing to you know to give back and 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 to try and you know put these projects together which is really amazing to see um and i suppose the lessons coming from that we chat is you know of course, I, I was saying about you know not committing to something too early and make sure you're you know that you're happy with something before um, before you you know, you move on and overcommit to it. But by the same token, don't uh, it's sort of a yin and yang thing, you know. Um, don't overcommit too soon, but at the same time, don't let something that's bugging you get in the way of. You know, pro- progress and, and yeah. just putting something out. Um, you know, if if you're dwelling on something for too long, it's just it's never gonna see the light of day. And something is better than nothing
0: at the end of the day. One hundred percent. Um, I, I, you're absolutely right. It's it's the idea of, of being brave enough to put it out there and to take the criticism if the criticism comes. Um, I seen a great quote by Edris Alba one time. Edris Alba, of course, is not really an actor but a DJ. Um, but a lot of people get in them stuck because he's maybe not, you know, what's the word? Maybe he's interested in DJM, but he's not as practiced practice because he's, you know, he's busy being an right. actor. Um, but the the greatest quote I ever heard from him was saying, the difference between me and you is I'm not afraid to feel in public. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> that is absolutely yeah. brilliant. Just having the, the, the balls just to go, I want to do it anyway, and we'll see how it works out. Because, I mean, no matter yeah. what you do, there's always going to be people who are going to give you some flack, and there's always going to be people who think it's, they're just surprised you've done it, so they think it's brilliant. And then there'll be people who love it and then people who secretly hate it. So it doesn't really matter. You can't control people's reactions. And I heard a great quote from Pharrell one time too, and he was saying, you're not responsible for your own success anyway. It's the people who make you a success. So um, the, the idea there being, you could put out your best work and nobody like it, or you could put out your worst work and everyone like it. You really don't know how the reaction to that's going to be. So perfectionism only stops your progress I think that's the the big thing Um, so speaking of uh, things that inspire us what's been inspiring you lately Sean?
1: oh that's a tough question Uh, I suppose what's been pretty inspiring is a sense of community Um, I even look out at my street I I haven't I've only moved into a new uh, sort of house in the last year or so and Since last August, I haven't had the chance really to engage with many of my uh, neighbors. And, you know, we had a whole big idea at Christmas. We would um, put our numbers in in our Christmas cards and then we would start up a WhatsApp group and stuff. Never came around to doing it. And we're sort of a bit timid to even talk to anyone and stuff. But ever since lockdown, I think there's been a, a few occasions where, you know, whether it was, you know, one of the NHS clubs, or, um, you know, there was there was like a mini revolution in this street um, right. the other day. Um, to to get uh, some of the houses fixed because there was birds' nests getting in. But oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but the street came together, and we have started a wee WhatsApp group now, and um we're all chatting, now and it's um, and that's just a sort of small example of how I've been seeing a lot of, uh communities, you know, come together and, and sort of work together. I've been seeing a lot online about uh, food banks in especially in North Belfast here. Mm-hmm. And um, and all over the place, people are just sort of working together and, you know, communicating with each other a lot yeah. more effectively. And um, that's been really inspiring, even with my own work and stuff as well. I'm speaking to people who I would usually see once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, from regional offices and stuff, and seeing them um, bi-weekly, you know, or once a week. Mm
0: -hmm. So really encouraging. It's lovely, as I was saying earlier on, the memorial walks around um, the park, and you do see teams of people, maybe people out with their family, and it's like you wouldn't have seen it before. You know, you'd have seen gangs of people in the park, and you'd have seen people out there together, but it wouldn't have been families, necessarily. It would have been teams of friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very it's very lovely to walk around whether it be in the evening or in the morning or the afternoon and see families out all playing together and just no one else near them, the, the, the adults and the kids just having the to crack together and it's a very lovely encouraging thing to see um, and it's the same in, in our street, there's a lot more kind of communication and for anyone who's a bit elderly, there's people out walking their dogs for them and there's people going and get shopping ma- for them and um, there's a lovely sense of, okay. well, we're all in this together, let's make the best of it, which um, I suppose is one of my tips for the whole lockdown thing, and it's um, it's collabing, it's getting it's getting involved, it's asking a question, it's reaching out to someone. I think what what the video conferencing and, and video calls and that are listed to do is you you know when when everybody was kind of used to the idea of being online and sending each other emails and getting in contact with anyone and anyone's available on Twitter, you can actually now have a genuine sit down conversation with a person. Um, and it's not weird anymore because it's the new normal. <laughs> so yeah, it's a fantastic way to reach out and even just sit down and have have a a proper meeting with someone to see if well can we work together? Is there creative similarities? Can can we skill share? Um, can we work together? It's a very exciting venture for that. Um, yeah, uh,
1: I think in terms of that, what this is really um, uh, helped with as well in terms of skills is those who were. Um, Slightly less tech literate yep. um, before have had the opportunity to not feel outcast, mm-hmm. you know, by all of this, uh, and it's in all sorts of different walks of life. Um, that you know, people who may have felt a bit timid towards uh, mm-hmm. learning how to do video conferencing, even mm-hmm. or um, in music terms, uh, you know, musicians who didn't feel comfortable recording their own material or. Um, you know, doing all this remote recording, it has sort mm-hmm. of pushed them to learn those skills, and yeah. um, because they know that so many others are in the same boat, they don't feel like they're you know below anyone because they know that other people are still learning skills as well. So, uh, and I ge- and this has given them a good opportunity to, to learn all of that. I take my own band as an example of that, who mm-hmm. and I, you know, all. You know, home recording wizard
0: at this stage? <laughs> well, that's that's the very thing too and I think that's where the, the Amp Studio podcast came out of that same scenario where um, we would have regularly maybe weekly or bi-weekly at least bumped into each other at one point um, whether you're in the studio recording whether I'm in studio recording or whether it's practice space or whether it's technical questions or whether I'm ringing you up to ask you how you solve the problem there was always that kind of uh, professional conversation that Skillshare that was going on um, in lockdown that's been obviously the opportunity for that to be completely removed so um, this is a great opportunity for us to catch up too. but I was speaking mm-hmm. with um another friend Craig Parker and he was suggesting I would love to hear that conversation that would be something that as a person who's interested in that that would make good listening Um, so I think it was actually off the back of his conversation that it prompted me to think well why don't we just kind of reignite the Apps Podcast and do this from a, a, a technical point of view and a Thing that's interesting is, um, one of the things that's been inspiring me recently is you know, uh, David Burden from the Talking Heads, you know, what yes. Honestly, I don't expect you to yeah. know him personally. Um, he has a book <laughs> out called High Music Works, it's not a, not a new right. release, mind you. Um, uh, Barry Conley had turned me on to it a wee while ago. Um, his, the book's quite, quite big, mind you. Um, and he got a copy of it, and I was having a kind of a brief scan on it one night when I was visiting around before lockdown. Um, but then I got a, a prompt from Audible saying, you can get a free audio book on us. And I was thinking, I'm going to get that Dave Byrne book and see what the crack of it is. And I've been listening to it out from my morning walks, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, what's really interesting is how he kind of, well, he tells you the whole backstory about how the band came together, and then the culture of living through being young and being in a band, um, but then about where you know where he gets the inspiration for stage shows and how he puts it together and how he kind of references theatre shows a lot for what happens on stage, and how he how he as well he's seen the technology change a whole lot from the stuff he was doing in the seventies right through to working with the no on computers and then through to the Express Two thing in the in the two thousands. Um, so he's been across a variety of genres and it's and it's lovely just to hear his insight and his take on that because not only does he talk about recording studios but he talks about world music and influence and working with other people and collaborating and being totally okay with the idea that you only have a limited skill set it's not your job to do everything it's your job to find people who are good at doing things and work together with them and it's mm-hmm. a very it's a fantastic read Um, or in my case listen Um, so if you get the opportunity to listen to that check that out it's about eight hours worth of listening mind you maybe more but um right. it's fantastic listening
1: I, I i find audible has been uh, amazing the last couple of right. weeks see being able to mow the grass yes. and listen to <laughs> a book at the same time it's a revolution yeah like um uh it's been amazing i finished um that book *Sapiens* by you've all know harari it's like 15 hours or something right and I was just I'd done it over the space of like a month there, but yes. like most of that was doing gardening. I've mm-hmm. never done so much gardening in right. my life. <laughs> um, but on the topic of collaboration, like um definitely that uh idea of yeah, you, you know, in terms of me, the way I've been the last couple of weeks, I've been demoing a lot of songs yep. and uh, trying to come up with new ideas, but um you often find that your ideas have a limit, you know, you can, and you can even see it when you, when you're on a current good idea, yeah. you already know that I'm using up my bank, Right. like I'm taking out a lot of deposits or I'm like, I'm like <laughs> <Withdrawals>,
0: <laughs> withdrawing a, a lot. lot
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm taking a lot of withdrawals out of my bank here of ideas. And you can see that, Um, you know, that overdrafts coming up. That right. you're you're not gonna ha- have money left in a f- in a few days. So, um, the f- the first thing to do when when you can see that wall ahead of you is just to send those ideas on to other people and see how um how they what they feel about it. Yeah. How they would interpret it, and then they encourage them to show their ideas to you. Yep. And that sort of. Even one connection like that, um, is can very easily spark up ten new ones. Oh, if yes. you know
0: what I mean, one hundred percent.
1: And there's no problem with working alone. If if you feel like you're you're more productive doing solo sessions and stuff, that's all well and good. But it's just another sort of tool to your belt to have those musical connections and people that you trust and people that you appreciate. Their style of music and the type of songs they write and what type of songwriters mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, certainly. Um, and go, they're good with this type of thing. Let's see what they think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself doing that quite a bit the last few weeks because of you know, obviously I'm stuck in this room for yeah, all this time. I have no other connection other than the internet.
0: Um, I, I was thinking that uh, throughout all the times of of recorded history, we are probably at the position to be best placed to deal with this kind of pandemic in any of any other time in history. We have all the technology about us to entertain ourselves, to create, to learn, to develop ourselves and all the whole mm-hmm. comfort the home comforts to stay safe and stay fair. Um and it's really um we're really in a very privileged position in that way. Obviously not everyone's maybe as, as comfortable. Um but in terms of how we can manage the, the this virus and how we can move forward with it and how we can still kind of exist, both building communities and creatively, while maintaining a distance and letting the NHS breathe and letting the planet get back to normal again. Um, yeah. But not to get too much of an old hippie anyway. Um, one of the things that uh, we, we want to address during this podcast is to give out some tech tips. Um, I suppose uh, CoLab was going to be my tip about just reaching out and getting involved with someone else. Um, but I I think having a brief is probably the t- tip that I'm gonna follow on today. Knowing what you wanna do before you sit down and do it takes away the noodle. Um I've done it all the time, sit down, see what comes up, nothing comes up, leave the workstation feeling disappointed, carry that disappointment with me until the next time I open the workstation, start the new project, still feeling disappointed from the old project. Um, or you sit down, like I was talking about earlier on, if you have a brief or you've, if you have a collab opportunity or even if you know I'm going to do this, even if it's just I'm going to work out how the song structure works or I want to just write this bridge section or have an ambition when you sit down at a workstation, then you leave the workstation with all the triumph of, yes, I've done what I set out to do. Whether it was good or not, it's irrelevant, but you've met your objective. What do you think about that? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think we spoke earlier about, um, you know, the the collaborations that we've done in the past few weeks, uh, and I think about that one we're doing at the moment with the NAM unplugged album. You know, it started off of us wanting to, you know, give it a go. Uh, all this re- recording equipment and try and see if we can remotely record each other mm-hmm. and put a track together. Um, but I think that would have been such a slow process. I think back the. You know us putting our album together last year, and um, there were so many times where things were just put off week by week because it didn't have to be done, yeah um but the likes the like of someone you know coming in and saying, "We wanna work with you, you know we have this deadline, we want to do this. It gives you that we spark just to say right, okay, I, I'm gonna need to plan out my week so that I get this brief done,
0: yes." um
1: yeah, and it just
0: it it gives you that push um i have right in front of me right here i don't know how well you can see that schedule <laughs> sitting on front of the page every day everything needs to be written down in hours this is what i'm going to be at this is what i'm going to do um and it, it's the, probably the most productive way um to, to get anything done because you can see it right in front of you at all times um so one of the, the things that we were going to do was uh, create kind of video content that people can look at quite quickly and see. Um, do you have a demonstration prepared or do you want to send me that as a video already done?
1: I, I can demo it for you now. Um, in terms of right, what give I give us a bit again. of
0: context about the tip, Sean. How did the idea ever come about?
1: Okay, so I have uh, another friend who's uh, a regular collaborator of mine, um, Matt Tunner. Yeah, I would play around the bars with and stuff. And uh, Matt is a fabulous songwriter and is in bands himself and would you know write on a quite a consistent basis, but with the help usually of you know regular sessions with a band, um, with me, with other collaborators and stuff, and um, would make use of studios and stuff like that and uh, for Oz recordings and stuff. Uh, but obviously with the way things are at the time a lot of that is limited for him um, but wants to keep up the creative uh, side of his work and to keep uh, putting stuff out there and even just to make sure he's keeping a, a record of, of all his songs and while well, he's been able to record stuff on his phone and uh, stuff like that he wanted to sort of have a bit more of a polished product that he can mm-hmm. show to his band to show the other collaborators just yeah. or even to put up as uh we demos and stuff mm-hmm. so um he was chatting to me over the last few weeks about uh recording uh on garage band he has an iPad that he's been recording into and he's got a wee uh small like interface for that that he can plug his mic and his guitar into but um he was having uh difficulty you know playing uh to a click and that you know that was going to make it awkward then for sending it on to other people they add their parts because then it's harder for them to sync up to you know you know the crack of that and i know a lot of people aren't too comfortable with playing the click and even myself sometimes um especially with more somber songs Mm -hmm. um i find it's harder you know when you're trying to get a bit of emotion and like a guitar performance or whatever it's it's just it's really jarring. So without, you know, a drummer there or whatever to, to sync up with, um, what I've been using, um, if anyone is a user of Logic or of, uh, GarageBand, uh, I've been using the drummer tracks, the virtual drummers. And I have to say like, you know, in the past few weeks, I haven't really made use of them before, extensively because there was a sort of thing in my head that you know it was just a drum machine another drum machine yeah um and i would usually just program drums myself if i was going to do that but um in terms of songwriting and for just demo recordings and stuff it is an amazing um you know tool to to use and it helps with both that uh, thing of not wanting to use a click because you can actually just play along with what feels like just another musician Mm -hmm. um, who'll play along with you or will play in time and you'll be following along in time. Um, But also just gives you that, you know, sense of rhythm and um, and we'll add another, a bit of percussion to the track which you can decide to leave in or take out later on. Um, So if I screen share with you now, I'll show... Hi, uh, that's set up. Hi, folks. So, for this part of the video, we are going to be doing a wee quick instructional demo, and it's around click tracks and alternatives more precisely to click tracks. Because a lot of my friends have been uh, doing home recording projects in lockdown at the minute. And maybe it's been their first time trying out DIY recordings, their first time setting up a home studio. Or maybe they've done it before but they're still just getting into it. And uh, a thing that I've noticed that a lot of people have been struggling with is getting used to click tracks. Because maybe in previous recordings they've been playing along the gate tracks in the studio or they've tracked their stuff live with a band. But getting used to a click track is a whole different skill in itself and they're looking sort of like a quick fix on how they can get around having to play with click and do something that they're a bit more used to. And I have been uh, pointing towards using drum loops and more in particular the virtual drummer on Logic and GarageBand. I think it's a fantastic tool and I use it with a lot of clients as well um, who have the same problem in the studio around using clicks so uh, the way this works is that you know obviously it will be in time with whatever tempo you set and like all drum loops will be but um, also this will actually change the drum pattern based on the sections of your song and feel a bit more dynamic there's actually also a feature that will um, feed off your plan and play along the your um, recording rather than you playing against it so it's quite useful but we're not going but be talking about that in this video so the first thing you want to do is set the global tempo for the track that you're recording um, you can do that by changing the tempo up here and listening to the click I know that's counterintuitive to this video if you can play along to the click then why are you watching this but um, I find often you can play Usually, the case is is that you can start off playing with the click and it's fine, but you meander off halfway through the song or a few bars in. So, that's what this video is really for. But we can use the click to find the global tempo of the song. So, if you just scroll up and down um, this, uh, I'm going to be changing my uh, project myself there by doing that. But if you can uh, scroll up and down between that and find what uh, tempo you can play your song at comfortably then that's going to be the tempo of your track uh, set that and then this one is for anyone who has already got a structure for the track i know a lot of people are going to be uh, starting up projects that they're just jamming over and don't necessarily know the whole outline of the track and that's fine but if you do know um, the general outline of your song i recommend using the arrangement feature here and this might not come up automatically for people in their projects and if it is hidden, uh, this we button here will show all your global tracks, that's your arrangement, your marker, your key signature and your tempo. So we want to look at the arrangement button here. Uh, The section I've laid mine out as you can see here but when you open this up it will be empty and when you hit plus it will give you an intro then it'll automatically give you a verse and then a chorus and then a bridge but you can change all of these and um, uh, for whatever section is coming up next and lay out your whole structure then if there if it isn't an intro verse chorus bridge or outro you can also write in it understands language like pre-chorus or solo or instrumental and stuff like that. So uh, that's going to be important for us later on, because when we set up the drummer track, which we can see here, um, when you add a new sections that you see here, uh, this one just says drummer, because if you look at our uh, structure here, there isn't a section let out here. while the rest are all called verse or chorus or bridge. Well, this one isn't, but I don't know why, (laughs) but, this one, um, because it doesn't have uh, a section above it, won't. It'll just play the default one. But uh, if we add in a bridge there, then it will add in a bridge section for us. That will be like a typical drum pattern for a bridge. Um, so like the way we have um more symbols and more energy in a chorus, the uh, the same for a bridge. It might have more ride symbol or it might. Uh, go to a slower sort of speed. It might be a bit more somber. Um, uh, an outro might have more toms or something. It might be uh, more energetic. So it, it's it's different depending on what way you set it. And where. I'm going to show you how uh, you set all those parameters now. Um, so if we go into our library, first off, when we create the drummer track, we can choose from all the different styles and genres here. So, uh, I've gone for a punk rock because that's the type of style of this wee quick project that I threw together earlier. But um, if it's more of a pop songwriter or um, a trap type of sound, that's the type of patterns that we'll get if we choose that type of drummer. We can choose from a lot of different drum kits here. Um, if the one that the drummer that you've picked uh, doesn't sound too great to your ears, you can scroll through those as well. If we. Um, head over to our editor here as well Um, you'll see that the preset that we've picked here is mudslinger and mudslinger is uh, a very complex and a 75% loud um, track but we can you know listen to that and if we thought that that um, pattern was maybe bit too boisterous a bit too loud we could take that down we could make it a bit more easier sounding um and the same goes for the verse that'll be a different i've set a custom one for that that's because i've probably chose one of the presets and just changed the parameters there i have maybe uh taken the hi-hat down a bit and uh or maybe I made more focus on the hi-hat and less focus on the kick and the snare but you know there's so many different parameters you can set there but as we hear if we solo the drummer track you'll hear that there's a big change between this intro and when the first kicks in it's a completely different pattern And then if we go forward a bit to the chorus. You can hear that's a different beat altogether. And this pattern, as I mentioned, has more symbols, is a bit louder, you know, a bit more energy in it than when we go back down to the verse. it's a lot more somber again as I said. So, um, And most of that was all automatically added in by the drummer track because of this structure that we have up here. So that's what I mean by it being very handy with a few different clicks and by setting a few different parameters then you can fine tune that. But if you want to do a quick project and have something to play along with there's nothing better than having that drummer track, especially if you're not too versed on programming drums yourself, um, having that behind you will be much easier to play along with. Especially with the difference in dynamics going from the verses to the choruses as well, it'll feel like playing along the drummer in real life. So off that, I put in um, a picked bass and two guitar. Uh, tracks off that that I tracked. Now nah, excuse the, the sound of these because um, I probably should have played a the click these because it probably don't sound too in time. But um, I was able to play with this rather than have the click on. So let's hear what that sounds like. <laughs> Yeah so as you can hear a lot of the parts are all mostly <laughs> in time with each other um, and I was able to record that track without uh, using a click and this would be perfect as well um, because now I know this whole track is in 120 uh, BPM so I could send this over to the other members of my band and they could insert my stems for this track into their own session and add layers on top of that. So that's it folks hope that was uh informative for you and i hope that helps anyone who's struggling playing along with a click track i'll see you next time
0: we've reached the end of episode one thanks for staying with us to the end if you've taken value from this podcast please like and share with others you think it would help if you're on youtube please subscribe and smash the like button and if you're listening to the audio on a podcast please leave us a review on your podcast provider you can email your music production questions to craig at ampsstudio.com. that's C-R-A-I-G at a m p s s t u g i o. dot C-O-M, or leave a comment where this is shared. Until next time, this is the Amp Studio Podcast.